0: I'm David Robinson. And I'm David Jr. And it's time to get back to the fundamentals. So, Dad, what are we talking about today? Well, today let's, uh, let's hit on faith. It's one of our, our pillars. It's, I mean, to me, one of our key pillars. You know, I always thought about faith and service as being the two things we wanted to teach kids at the Carver Academy as really the foundation of uh, their life. If they have faith, and if they have a strong sense of service, uh, then the other pillars, the leadership, the discipline, the initiative, and in- integrity all kind of formulate, they coagulate around that to give them a solid base. But I think these two, they have to have a solid uh, understanding and a strong conviction for So, And what does faith even mean? Yeah, faith. Everyone has faith. So faith, you know, I love the way the Bible t- says, talks about faith. The Bible says that faith is the substance of what we hope for but the evidence of those things we cannot see, right? So what does that mean, right? It's the substance. See, when you have faith, you don't actually have something in your hand. You have somewhere that you're headed or somewhere you think you're headed, right? So you have something you're shooting for. The bottom line is everyone has faith, everyone. You have faith in something or you wouldn't get up in the morning, right? You have some reason you're getting up and running, something you're looking forward to, something you think you're going to get or you hope to get, You have faith in money, you have faith in people, you have faith in something, right? And faith in science, you have faith in God, you have faith in something or you wouldn't get up in the morning, right? So let's talk about why do we want our kids to understand faith, right? And understand where they're going and what their motivation is. Because, you know, truthfully, some of the motivations are, let's just say insufficient. (laughs) Some of the motivations, you know, will, will die off. And, you know, there's going to be several stages in your life. For me, I've had a lot of great stages, right? I was in the Navy. I went to the academy, had a lot of fun, served in the military for a while. And guess what? All that came to an end. And then I had to move on and uh, play basketball at, at, a, at a very high level. And that was fantastic. But even that came to an end, right? <laughs> so, you know, what do I need to have faith in? At one point, it was faith in the service, right? Faith in the military, faith in what we were trying to accomplish, faith in my leaders, faith in my president In my CO, my commanding officer. And then I get to basketball. And then what do I have to have faith in my teammates, right? Faith in winning a championship. Coach so, Popovich. Coach Popovich. You know, I put faith in all those people and all those things, but guess what? Those things all change. They shift, they move. My goals shift and move. So when we talk to the kids at Carver, And, you know, obviously we base it on George Washington Carver. And in my experience, in his experience, faith in God is the only thing that really goes through all of those experiences in your life, right? Everything else changes. Everything else shifts and moves. It's like living on, on shifting sand. But the one thing that never changes throughout your life is the foundation, the principles of faith in God, right? So those things keep you... On course, so to speak, right? The Navy guy. I always, I always think about it in Navy terms. You're on a ship. You're sailing, sailing at sea. There are a lot of things that can get you off course. The current can get you off course. Uh, you know, the shifting landscapes or the the lack of a landscape. Everything kind of gets you off course. But you have to make constant course corrections. And what do you use as your true north? Uh, what do you use to place your faith in as a true north, so that whatever happens in your life, whether you're single or whether you're married, whether you're employed or whether you're unemployed, whether you're pursuing a championship or whether you're pursuing a, a new product launch, and you know what? What is the one thing that keeps you grounded and focused, and is your is your baseline faith? And so, you know, that's what we talk with our kids about. You know, having faith in God is the foundational. Principle, it defines who you are as a man. I'm a, I'm a scientist by nature, right? I'm an engineer. I was, I was trained as, as a civil engineer in the Navy. And I love science. You know, science is fantastic. But science says in the beginning, something created the Big Bang, right? Something. Faith says, faith in God says, in the beginning, God created everything. So we're, we're all putting our faith in something. So are we putting our faith in that something that created the the, the great explosion, the great singularity at the beginning of time? Or, or are we putting our faith in God who, you know, we 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 all go by evidence of what we see and what we know. I have 21 years or 27 years, I guess, of of evidence and faith in God. I've watched Him do things in my life. I've watched things happen, right? I'm just like the scientist. I look at evidence and I'm, I, everything in my life, I'm measuring, I'm observing, I'm keeping track of. And I use that. It's a great guideline, but it doesn't answer all my questions. It's, science is great. It's a tool. It's a fantastic tool to use. But we all can acknowledge that at some point, science is going to let us down, right? It doesn't have all the answers. What about love? I can't measure that right? I can't measure fear and certain things in in my life that I, I, I see. So somehow I have to be able to deal with those things. How do I deal with love when, you know, science really isn't going to give me the answer? And so so that's, you know, that's what what to me, what faith is. It's faith, having a faith in something that is going to be consistent and is going to guide you throughout your whole life and allow you to make decisions that aren't based on how you feel in the moment, they aren't based on circumstantial situations where you know I happen to be single right now. I happen to be working right now. I happen to be whatever, and so I'm going to make decisions based on I'm young and handsome and blah blah blah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to make my decisions, and then I get older and less attractive, and I'm, I'm uh, I think I'll change my uh, my lifestyle. So, so really, to me, that's what, that's what faith is, right? Faith is a, a consistent source of guidance, a consistent source of motivation for you to get up in the morning, a consistent course correction for you in your lifetime.
1: And, and something you said before, that faith isn't just believing something, but faith is action. Maybe right. you can go into that, because I think a lot of people, they just think faith is theoretical, but it actually should lead you to move.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's, you know, the, that's the that's the aspect of faith I think people don't think about very much, right? Like your faith causes you to do something or not do something, right? If you believe something strongly enough, it's going to cause you to either move or, out of fear, not move, right? And so I, I think that's the thing that sometimes we don't look at the two sides of the equation. We talk about faith but then we don't realize that either faith or a lack of faith is going to cause you to act a certain way. And that's going to, that's going to create situations in your life. So um, it's, it's not a passive. Faith is not passive. There's nothing passive about faith, whether you acknowledge it or not, it's going to cause you to do something and cause you to act a certain way. And that's going to cause ripples in your life, right? If I have faith that my wife and I are going to be married for the rest of our lives right? I have faith in that because I believe that God brought us together and I believe she's the woman that he's given me. And so all of my actions for these last 27 years have been that you're the woman that God's given me. And everything I do backs that up. We're going to be together forever. Everything I do backs that up. I don't sit around wondering, ooh, what would it be like with another girl? Or what would it be? I don't I don't do that. So my faith causes me To act a certain way towards her, and it causes me to take care of her because she's the only one I have. She's the only one I'm going to have, (laughs) so I've got to take care of her. That moves me. It moves me one way or the other. Now, if I didn't, if I really didn't have faith that God had given me this woman, then maybe I'd be thinking differently, right? Maybe I'd be saying, "Okay, she's cool for now, but what am I going to do next?" Faith, whether you acknowledge it or not, is your faith is causing you to do things and to act certain ways and it's going to create consequences in your life. And so you, you, you need to be aware of it.
1: And is there somebody from history or from your life that, that you think really embodied faith and really?
0: Well, I I have to go back to my grandfather. First of all, you know, I think my father's father who grew up in little rock, Arkansas, and he, and I've talked about him before in some of the podcasts, but he's, you know, he's a guy who grew up in a segregated society and had a a faith that his family would have a better situation than him. And there's no way that he could know that two generations later that you're going to have these grandchildren who have advanced degrees and who, you know, have opportunity and influence and his great-grandchildren now are out in the world thinking they're going to change the world. There's no way he could have known during his lifetime that his Fifty years of faithfulness and working hard and serving in the army and doing the things he did would create this couple generations later.
1: Maybe go into some of his story.
0: Yeah, well, oh yeah. So my 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 grandfather, uh, like I said, grew up in Little Rock and and served in the army for four years and actually served in World War II and we saw uh, some terrible action in Europe. Uh, came back home and he began uh, working at the post office and, and did a great job, was a mail carrier, did that for many, 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 many years, faithful guy, actually never got a promotion, never got an opportunity to move forward and ended up uh, at the end of a long life, uh, really suing the post office and winning a class action lawsuit against the post office uh, because of unfair treatment. But during that time he raised four kids, two, two boys and, uh, Two girls, you know, all learned how to read and write music, you know, and they all learned. Um, you know, my dad grew up to be an engineer, joined the joined the navy, and my my uh, uncle, very very bright man, uh, has a family out in California. My, you know, my two my two aunts on that side are are, are just wonderful. One was an educator for many 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 years, uh, taught music really in the high schools, and uh, she, she's amazing. So. My grandfather did a fantastic job of a being, being a faithful man, but he could not have known for sure how his grandchildren or even his great-grandchildren would turn out. He's dead now, but his legacy really lives on through us. And because of his faith and because of his sacrifice, uh, we have opportunities we have today.
1: Can you tell us a story of sometime in your life when, you know, faith really sustained you through hard time? I know I'm sure from a basketball different times but yeah what what yeah. was what was the valley that
0: faith got you through yeah wow <laughs> there's a thousand stories i could tell you but i i think one of them is, and in, in I, I think a lot of people who follow sports can really understand something like this. But when I came to San Antonio, the Spurs were not very good, right? They, the reason they were able to draft me, they got the number one pick because they were they had won twenty one games a year before I came out of out of eighty two games. They were twenty one and sixty one sixty one losses, and so so it wasn't a good situation. And so coming in. You know, there was a big challenge, a big challenge in the locker room to try to create a culture where you could win. A big challenge in the organization, just growing to a from a small market kind of an organization into a national and international organization. And so there were a lot of challenges and a lot of times I was kind of very discouraged. But my faith told me you're in the right place and you're in the right time. I think about the story of Esther in the Bible, and um, and Esther, you know, was queen, but at the time, you know, the queen didn't have a lot of power necessarily. Um, the queen couldn't even go into the presence of the king without some uh, invitation, but at the time, you know, the, the her people, the Jewish people were being persecuted in the kingdom, and uh, there was a, a counselor to the king named Haman who was really after the Jews, and wanted to, de- to destroy them. And Esther had to stand up for them and took a very bold move and went into the king uninvited and said, look, can I do some things? And, and that, was, that, was, that was incredible. But the thing about it was Mordecai, one of the Jews who was her advisor, said, who knows if you weren't born for such a time as this? Right? Like you're in the right place at the right time. I know things seem difficult at the time, but you are in the right place at the right time. And for me, that's been a great encouragement to know that God has placed me in the right place at the right time. Even when you don't feel like that's the right place and you're around the right people, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, we need this. We need this. We don't have this. You know, we need a, we need a point guard. We need a a power forward. We need a shooting guard. For me, <laughs> pretty much a whole nother team. <laughs> we need a whole nother team. <laughs> we need a new center. Uh, but uh but you know, that's the that's the challenge, that's the frustration. And we became very good. The first year, my first year, we won 56 games. So we went from 21 games, we were 21 and 61 to 56 and 26. So that was a big jump. And we became relevant. We became a team that people thought were very good. Now there's also a jump from being very good to being championship level and we weren't there yet. And that was the next step, the next level. And
1: that's a good point because I mean it took 1 year to get to good. Yes. But then another 8 years of of <laughs> to get to I grade. mean and that's the hard part. It's you know that's yeah. the 80/20 rule. It's like what that's the place I think where a lot of people lose faith. Yes. Where you I mean there's low-hanging fruit but then you know really to get to that next level yeah. from good to great is hard it is i and mean a lot of people reason. have written
0: books about getting from good to great right and that's what that was what we had to experience here with the spurs how do you get from good to great and and a lot of it was based in just faith right like i'm in the right place at the right time and i've got to work where i am right i got to do the best i can where i am that's where my faith helped me. It kept me encouraged, even seasons, you know.
1: Well, talk about pound the rock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, not, you
0: know, Popovich has been a phenomenal coach, maybe one of the best coaches in 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 sports currently. You know, Greg Popovich used to tell us all the time, he said, We gotta we've got to pound the rock. And and what does that mean? Pound the rock. Well, you can take a hammer and strike a rock ninety-nine times, and that rock shows no sign of wear shows no sign of any progress whatsoever, but on the hundredth hit, that rock cracks into a million pieces. And so what makes you persevere? What makes you go from 99 to 100, right? It's that faith, it's that hope, it's knowing that I'm doing the right thing, I'm in the right place, I'm doing the right thing. But as soon as I lose faith and lose hope, I start pounding somewhere else and I'm starting all over again. And so you can't lose faith, right? You can't lose hope. And so, you know, that was that was just a great experience for me to show me, hey, hang in there, right? Do the right things. Be the person you're called to be and, and continue to work where you're planted. That's one of the great lessons I've learned, you know, in my faith and going to church and understanding, hey, bloom where you're planted. <laughs> you know, you're in the right place at the right time. And I, I think that's true for every single person. You know, I don't care what your circumstance is, what your situation is. You are in the right place at the right time, right? And it may not feel right, but you can't be somewhere else and you can't be someone else. So now you just have to figure out why is why have I been placed here? What is God doing in me and what's God doing through me, right? And so for me, that's where faith is really the, the, the base of your faith makes all the difference in the world. If you really believe that there is a calling on your life, if you really believe that there's some great reason why you're here beyond you making money or you getting something in life, if there's a really a great calling, and you know the Bible tells us you know in Jeremiah, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord they plans to prosper you and to give you a good future, right? On that day, you will come to me and you will pray and I will I will answer. And so that's, that's the driving force of my faith. Every day I wake up and I think, okay, God has plans for me. He has plans for me. So that means he's put me here now for a reason, pointed me in a direction. I can't see past the forest, but I'm headed in the right direction, doing the right things. And the result is going to be... Good, right? It's the substance of what you hope for, a lifelong marriage, a successful basketball team. It's it's the it's the substance. I'm holding on to my faith. That's the only substance I have at this point. It's the substance of what you hope for, but the evidence of those things you cannot see. Right? And so my grandfather did that. He had hope for his grandchildren, for his great-grandchildren. But little could he have known that you know two generations later god would be blessing me blessing my brother my sister in the ways that he has it's an amazing thing it was a great sacrifice that my grandfather made for us but because of his faith we have grown
1: and i think you're seeing it across the country at the city level in a lot of places where you know, there's there's incredible trends where you see secondary tertiary cities where Cities like San Antonio or Nashville or Charlotte, Tampa Bay, where Chattanooga, Tennessee, where you know, people don't feel like they have to be in New York, San Francisco, L.A. anymore. You know, Beforehand, I think if you were young, that's where you thought you had to go for yeah. the opportunity. Yeah. And now we've had so many strong leaders here in San Antonio. We've had a, a lot of really strong leaders yeah. come in and say, this is a place that you can have opportunity. And this is a place where you know, you can grow and, and build a life and people are starting to believe that. And then, right. you know, the impact that you can have as a young person in a city like San Antonio is incredible compared to in New York where, you know, get in line. And, and I think people feel that and get discouraged after a couple of years in New York or in San Francisco, you, know, you just, it's, you are insignificant. It can feel mm. and, and versus, you know, now with technology, you can really work wherever you want. And the, the ability to build a career in a city is, is you've just never had that level of opportunity and people are waking up to that. And you see people leaving the big cities, moving back home or moving to new areas, looking for opportunity, which is almost the, the reverse of what the trend has been, where mm-hmm. people are moving to the big cities for that opportunity. Yeah. Well, what, what
0: what's, what's your great hope? What's driving you right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of that, it's been... It's at the city level. It's been incredible to see. I I mean, I was in New York for the last three years, and before that, Austin um, for college, and and you know, growing up here in San Antonio, I'd never really saw this as a place that I could do anything interesting. (laughs) I Really, I mean, I, I you know, it's a nice. I saw it as. A nice place to to live and get married and and have a family and right but not you know, a thriving but not place
0: a, for you to grow as a young entrepreneur and, and, and meet people man.
1: and stretch yeah. my ba- boundaries i, just, I right. just never viewed it that way and, and so i thought i'd had to go to austin and i did and then went to new york and you know as i, as I started working on things back here and and seeing what was happening from a real estate perspective from businesses places like geekdom it's just this whole another life, and it, and it's mm-hmm. exciting, and it's it's yeah. you know it's interesting, and it feels like this is a place where we can really build something. And what's also nice is, by no means am I alone in that feeling. Right. I think everybody feels that. There's this kind of energy mm-hmm. where you know it's there, you can, it's tangible, you, and yeah. people are moving here. And it's funny because you know, most of the kids that I grew up here with kind of have this bias against San Antonio and you know they think they know it and they're like, eh, nah, no, maybe yeah. after I get married, I'll move back. Yeah. Uh, but not while I'm in my twenties. But yeah. then there's all these young people moving here mm-hmm. who see it with fresh eyes and all are right. seeing for they're seeing it for what it really is and the opportunity what for be. what it is. Yeah, what it can be. Right. Um, and 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 I've started to meet some of those folks and, and it's like, wow, like this, you're seeing something entirely different in the place that we're missing. Yeah, like we're missing it because we grew up here. Right. And you have like this certain, you know, image of it in your brain. Whereas, you know, all all these young entrepreneurs, young people, they're you know, even Austin is getting a hard to live in. Yeah. And it's almost to the point where, you know, people are I, I've met a couple of people who have moved to San Antonio from Austin. It's yeah. like that's not why I moved to Austin. I wanted Austin is is just hard now. Yeah, um, and, and so it, it's it's kind of seeing this region grow and seeing all of the opportunity here, and it's exciting and to be able to like be able to carve out my niche in that growth. Yeah, uh, really has been a driving factor.
0: But part of you know part of what we do at the Carver Academy is we try to create leaders. It's easy to follow the crowd, right? Like when things are going good and the economy is growing. Yeah, sure. I'll move to the city. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's an easy thing to do. It's not easy to be one of the pioneers. It's not easy to be the guy who steps out there and really takes a chance. And why would you take a chance? Uh, we, you know, we built the Carver Academy in, in in the east side of San Antonio. There was no one investing on the east side of San Antonio. That was a forgotten part of town on. The left side of I-35. Just like in every single city, you have the highway. You've got the left side of the highway and the right side of the highway. (laughs) And, you know, this one was on the right side of the highway. So there wasn't anybody going to put money in that side of town. Now, what in the world would drive me to go into that part of town, buy up four blocks, and build a high-quality school there? When you know there's no grocery stores, there's no you know sufficient health care. There's nothing in that community really to support the people who are living there. There's nobody who can pay for a high quality school. <laughs> there's there's nobody no money who can in pay it. for a high quality school. So it really took faith to step out there and say, I'm going to take millions of dollars, personal and supporting dollars, and put it in that side of the community when there is nothing else currently supporting that community. And so that's faith, right? That's saying I'm going to step out and I'm going to try to impact. I'm going to change a trend that I see these young people who are not getting sufficient education, these families who are not getting sufficient support, and I'm going to start planting seeds. I'm not willing to allow us to lose this talent source, this resource that our country has that I think is tremendous. Our people are our greatest resource. And, and so for me and for all the people who've supported education here in San Antonio, that's what makes this city so exciting right now. Education is exploding, incredible opportunities everywhere, but we're taking a chance, we're stepping out. We're saying, okay, I know it's against the grain, it's difficult, but we're gonna provide incredibly high quality education to the lowest e- economic families in the community. We are gonna build the very best schools in some of the very least likely neighborhoods, right? And we're going to change the trend of those people in that community where 10% of them were going to college, we're gonna make it 100%. And so you know, to do something like that takes faith. You have to know, I'm in the right place, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm gonna to continue to do it because I know in the end there's gonna be a result. It may be like my grandfather, it may be two generations later, before we really see the result of what's happening here right now. But right now it's my, my job to fight the good fight, to get in there. My job is to, is, is to create the evidence of my faith. Right. And then in the end of the day, it's going to bloom into something that, you know, I can't even, when I, when we started Carver Academy, I could not picture 22 new schools, 12,000 kids on the way to 40 schools I couldn't picture that, but I did picture we're going to change what's happening here on the east side of San Antonio. We're going to change. And, and you know, that's what faith is. Faith is you being the initiator, you being the instigator, you being the one that steps out and says, you know what, there may not be a lot of evidence right now, but I know. I know in my heart that I'm called to do this. I'm called to be here. And and I think you have to have that strong sense about everything you do. There's no middle ground. I don't care whether it's going to get a job. It has to be a mission for you. It has to be a calling. You have to say, this job is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Even if it's for right now, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to do it with all my passion because it's where I'm called to be. And then, I mean, I I knew basketball wouldn't last forever. I knew it was a temporary job. The average basketball career is three, maybe four years, three and a half years, I guess. So I knew that was not going to be forever, but that did not slow me down from getting in there and saying, I'm going to make a difference, man. I'm going in here. I'm going to fight the good fight. If I'm only going to be here three and a half years, man, I'm going to do the best I can in that three and a half years. turned into 14 years, right? And it turned into a whole something I could have never predicted, but that's what faith is. Faith is that driving force that says right here, right now with what I have and where I am, I'm going to make the best of this circumstance, right? Whether I'm, I'm in a marriage and I'm saying, okay, I have this wife, things may not be going so great, but man, I'm going to do the very best I can with what I have right i'm not going to bail on this you know i'm going to fight for this because that's what marriage is right i'm in the right place I've, I've made the decision that this is my person and i'm going to support this person that's a that's a tough thing to do man that's a cuz things don't always look great there are times when you end up you're looking around and you're saying this is a train wreck man there were times when we were building carver i looked around and i said this is a train wreck I mean, really? There, I had former employees who, you know, tried to sue me, and you know, for for firing them. And I thought, what in the world is going on here? You know, I've personally put my money on my time, my energy. I'm we're trying to coalesce people. We're trying to help kids. This is not about some one person. This is about a community. This is about trying to do something positive. And yet, you have people fighting you every step of the way. You know, there are times when you have to persevere and you have to stand against the grain and you have to say, you know what? My faith tells me I'm in the right place. My faith tells me I'm headed in the right direction. I maybe can't see it all right now, but my faith tells me to keep marching, right? And my faith tells me to do what's right, right? I have faith in God. So that gives me a baseline of principles, Right. It shows me how I should behave. It shows me how I should treat my fellow man. It shows me how I should treat my boss. It shows me how I should treat my children. Shows me how I should treat my wife. It gives me guidelines. Right. That's why you should have your faith in something that is substantial, something that is consistent, because those guidelines should not change. They should be reference points for you your whole life. But everything else I put my faith in, even if it's science, science is fantastic. But guess what? Edition fifty-four of the textbook is coming out next year. <laughs> hey, guess what? Pluto's not a planet anymore. <laughs> it was a great, you know, presumption, but hey, guess what? It was the best we could do at the time, right? You know, we don't put leeches on you anymore. It worked for a minute, you know, kind of, sort of, <laughs> Maybe. but now's not the time anymore. We're not doing the leech thing anymore, and so you know, now hopefully, ten years from now, I'm on the I'm on the Jimmy V board for cancer, hopefully 10 years from now, we got a solution for cancer. We don't just say, get your affairs in order because you've got cancer and, you know, we'll make you as comfortable as possible. We'll say, no, we figured this out. And, you know, we know how to. Right. Even chemo. I mean, I feel like in 20 30
1: years hopefully that looks archaic where they go and kill as many cells as possible i mean i mean it's the best we have right We've now got but it's some it is of a the brightest people process. in the
0: world i'm telling you just working with the jimmy p fee foundation we have got some of the brightest people in the world working on solutions and and they're going to come up with a solution but for the time being you know we're in a situation where we we're at our limits you know we don't we don't have answers to certain things and I love science because we're going to get there, but you've got to have your faith in something stronger, something more consistent from event to event to event to event event in your life. And that's what's going to happen. You're going to shift from event. You're going to be a child. You're going to be a young adult. Then you're going to be an adult. Then you're going to be married. Then you're going to be um, retired. You know, what's going to drive you through all of those stages in your life? And hopefully it'll be your faith. Hopefully, it'll be that consistent guideline, those consistent principles that motivate you, that wake you up in the morning, and that get you excited about your day.
1: And I think what we're doing on the business side is really interesting, and especially when you, when you think about investing in conjunction with faith, actually, a lot of how capital has flowed, especially over the last 100 years and probably from the beginning of time it's almost
0: anti-faith.
1: I mean, it, it, I mean, really, it, you it, say it's almost it is. It is anti-faith. It's the anti-faith because, because you know, know, it, investing
0: I mean, follows. If I have money, then I'm not going to put my money at risk. No, right? And so people hide behind opposite. this con. They hide behind this concept
1: of risk, though. And I mean, even if you look at how banking has happened over the last hundred years and, and redlining, just the concept of. Redlining and and it was they said oh I'm these areas <laughs> are very risky right but what did that mean is these have black and brown people in these areas and then you made them that risky was just a side but consequence not, of the risk <laughs> by not give, providing access to these folks and right, then right. And, and and then you know forty years later you're like
0: well wow look at that the community. south side of
1: town is really tough yeah. I wonder how it got that
0: way east yeah. side west side no you're and right. and a lot of. You know, Our and actions what, have created things for us, right? Okay. We can say we don't have faith. We can say whatever. But our actions have created environments for us. And that was what our faith was back in that day. And we were, you know, I, you and I were in Austin just recently. And I, I love the mayor there. He was talking about um, how Austin created the Negro District. On the east side. They did it intentionally. They said, we're going to move these people in this section of town. And here we are. 50 years, 70 years later. And guess what? That side of town is woefully, woefully inefficient and not supporting the people in that community. But thank goodness for all the people with money. And, you know, Austin's a booming town now. And guess what? We're going to come in. All those billions and billions of dollars looking for investment now want to come into that neighborhood and they want to move those people. <laughs> those people out of the neighborhood. They want to build it up. They want to grow it now, because it's a safe investment. Well, you're it wasn't seeing, a well, safe investment seeing, 50 yeah, years yeah,
1: ago. The, the landscape has changed. You know, where 50 years ago the car was new and hot, and everybody wanted to move out to the suburbs, and urban cores were not interesting anymore. So they yeah. moved black and brown people, poor people, into the urban core, and then right. now, fast forward. People don't want to drive anymore. They want yeah. to walk and bike and and be in the downtown cores. Yeah. People are looking
0: around across the highway and say, wait, East Austin. It's actually kind of nice <laughs> over yeah. there. Well, the massive majority <laughs> of business yeah. is, you know, it's just like the old simple fishing analogy, right? The massive majority of business is just like the fishing analogy. One guy standing over in one area catches two fish and everyone runs to that area and starts fishing until it's all depleted. And, you know, we're looking for the areas where the fish are biting. And money looks for the areas where the fish are biting. And you know there's very few people who will go out and take the risk. Why? Because if I don't have to, have no I'm fame. not going to. Let yeah. somebody who doesn't have much money take the risk right. and the fall. It takes courage to be someone, a person of faith. It takes courage for, to be the first person in that fishing hole. And you have to do the research. You have to take all of the risk. You have to go out there and fight the good fight. And that's the way the business world is. But there's reward
1: in that too, though, especially if you have a long-term mindset. And and maybe for context, we've been working on a strategy investing in opportunity zones, which is a, a new legislation that has gotten a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But the, but the concept is really interesting, where there are now they, the the government has has designated these historically underinvested neighborhoods all across the country, mm-hmm. and you're incentivized to invest long-term. Capital in those neighborhoods, and and I think that kind of goes to faith because a lot of the investment and people want easy money. They want quick money. Right. They want to flip houses. They want to you know build and sell, build and sell, build and sell, right, and that's right. caused a lot of the gentrification and the displacement. But right. what this is trying to do is have long term stakeholders in these neighborhoods that are developing, and that goes to the faith because you know if you can go in and you have a long term mindset that allows you to approach things differently. You can go and and take where something is too risky or too much of a chance, or that neighborhood is not interesting because I can't make money in two years. It's like, well, think about in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, like the Pearl Brewery. The capital behind that was not five-year money. Right, it was long-term. That's hundred-year right? money, and, and they will be rewarded over a hundred years. And that, right. I mean, and that's kind of I think even biblically or in any, that's the faith part. Right, it's like why why do you have these principles? Yeah, it's going to be up and down, up and down, but kind of like the stock market. You know, if you put your money in an index fund. It's going to make money over, over your hundred years. you know, people might, you know, they're trying to, they, the the people will get spooked and like Bitcoin and, you know, it's going to go up and down and up and down, but the market's rising. And so I think kind of having that, having that mentality um, and and being able to look longer term is where faith starts to pay
0: off. You're right. I mean, the question in, in, in the business, you know, in, in particularly in opportunity zones is, do you believe in your neighborhood, right? How much do you believe in your neighborhood? Right. What are you willing to do to support your neighborhood? And so those are the those are the things where faith moves you. And if you have faith in your community, then you know, some of those dollars that would have gone to the New York or the LA or the Chicago funds will start going into your city, into your town. Now right. Think about how
1: much money it's not like there isn't money in a San Antonio or in Chattanooga or in Mississippi. No, that money has been aggregated in mm-hmm. the financial capitals of mm-hmm. the world. It's, you know the New Yorks have siphoned the money from Texas, and then and then it doesn't go back. So San Antonio money really doesn't end up going back to San Antonio. Right. Um, but then, I mean, can you change that mindset and get local dollars staying local right. instead of? You know, yeah, how- no,
0: I think that I think that's a, that's incredible, and you know, and that's that's where it does take leaders, it does take pioneers, because you know the first people will take the biggest risk right you're a man of faith will take the biggest risks and that's what's great about faith but the the bad thing about faith is sometimes you find yourself standing on an island so you'd better believe what you're doing right you'd better you'd better have a conviction that goes past a little disappointment and and like I said at Carver Academy, we have tried to create these leaders. We've tried to create young men and women that will stand on the island if they have to, because their faith is driving them, saying, No, this is what needs to happen. And it may not be rewarding for me, but it'll be rewarding for the people that come after me. And that has to be okay with you. You know, right now, the majority of the people want it to be rewarding for them. Right. People in business, they want to make the money now and they want to enjoy the money now. But traditionally, people of faith don't get to enjoy the money now. People who have real faith don't think about, do I get to make the money or enjoy the money now? People who have real faith say there is a long term benefit in my actions because I believe in something I cannot see. Those people you're talking about, the business people of today, believe in what they see. They study it, they watch the trends, and they want to take advantage of it now. Hey, that's business. I'm not going to criticize the way the United States works. It's grown. We're a very strong country. But the question is, am I willing to be a leader? Am I willing to be a person of faith who will step out and say, I believe that education is important and not just education for the wealthy, not just education for the very, very high income neighborhoods, but education for every single neighborhood. If I go down in South Texas and it's 60 percent Hispanic in that community and most of those kids aren't going to college, that's a tremendous waste of a resource of of our strongest resource in this country. And that's our intellect. That's our future. And we have to change the trend. And that's what we tried to do through Idea Public Schools. We've gone and we've built 80 schools and... We've said we're going to build those schools in the areas where the highest need is, and we're going to get those kids to college. And those kids, instead of being a burden on our society, instead of being someone who's going to be taking out of the economy, they're going to turn into people who are putting back into the economy. They're going to turn into people who are living 10 years longer than the people who didn't go to school. They're going to be turning into people who borrow less money or cost us less as citizens, and they're going to be turning into people who pay taxes and invest in in our future. And so that's where my faith is. Am I going to see it? I don't know. I've been at this for 14 years now, and I'm just seeing my first graduates. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. (laughs) But when I leave, these young people, these 12,000 people in San Antonio, these 45,000 people in Texas and, and Louisiana are going to be the future, and they're going to be making changes. And they're going to be going back and and increasing the results in these neighborhoods. And so, my hope, my faith, is that my work will not go in vain. Right? I will not. I'm not wasting my time right now. I'm in the right place. I'm doing the right thing, and and I know it will produce a reward in the end.
1: There's so many different types of faith, and maybe vision is a is another word for it. But when you look at art. Unfortunate circumstances most artists don't really get to enjoy financially the upside of right. what they are doing, but they exactly. see things differently than the people around them right. and they create these things that end up being timeless. But during their life, nobody appreciates them.
0: Well, art is a great example because that's exactly what it says, right? Faith is the substance of what you cannot see, right? Artists see things we can't see. An artist will look at a block of wood or a piece of stone and they see something in that. And And then they they do something about it. Carve it it and bring it out. And that's something we can't see. Or even appreciate. (laughs) Or appreciate until we see that final product. And that you know, those are great things to help us understand our own faith. We have to be able to know why we're doing what we're doing. And we have to have the conviction to follow after those things, right? We see our faith is not based on nothing. (laughs) We don't just pick up any scrap of wood. An artist just doesn't walk down the beach and pick up any piece of wood. He picks up a piece of wood that he sees the potential for. He picks up a a piece of wood that inspires him and stirs his heart. He picks up a piece of wood that he feels like he's called to shape. That's what we do as people of faith. We walk around and we pick up pieces of wood that we feel we're called to shape. Right? We have to see something. We have to see a path, see a way to bring that beauty out of what currently is not beautiful. That's what creates passion. That's what creates direction. At the end of the day, that's what creates extraordinary results.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, from from my perspective, I've been looking and, and studying cities a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, really become a passion and understanding, you know. Urban planning and and regional planning and and yeah. the, the timeline for those things are you know, decades and centuries, and, yeah. and really for the great cities, millennia. I you know, we went to Venice recently, and I mean, yeah. you know, that city's been shaped for thousands, for of thousands years. and thousands of years, yeah. and then you know, really, will not be around if that, you look at it for a the point. next thousand years. <laughs> a point, it it is right. getting eroded into the sea. Um, and, and so, thinking through, like, but but for the life cycle of a Venice, you know, if we're lucky to live eighty, a hundred years, that city is going to live for five, six thousand years. Yeah. Um, and, and so, from from my standpoint, you know, being back here in San Antonio and thinking about, you know, what the influence I can have, and our family, even our family can have mm-hmm. on this city, if. You know, you, I guess you didn't have faith, or you didn't care about the people coming before you. It would be daunting saying, yeah. you know, what what really are we supposed to do? You mm-hmm. know, and and this city's been around since you know 1600. Since, since we're one of the oldest cities in the country, yeah. And and you know, what is our family over our hundred, two hundred years of influence? If we're lucky, what are we supposed to be able to do to it? But. Right. It's not really. It can how, be daunting and discouraging but if, but you, if you look at it. Not it how I really, it's that's not how I feel about it at all. It's exciting. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, if, it's more of an opportunity to be part of that chain, um, to be links in that. Um, mm-hmm. and,
0: but it boils down to this, right? This is the question that, you, that people of faith always have to ask themselves. Are you okay with not seeing the benefit of your work? Are you okay with that? Because you're working very hard. You're in the business world, right? In our current day, business people want to make a lot of money. They want to do really well in the short term and they want to live the good life. And you're a very hardworking young man. You work 12, 14 hours a day. Are you okay with doing this work? And at the end of the day, maybe not reaping the reward, right? Maybe your children or your grandchildren will reap the rewards, but you in your lifetime, you know, you may work and not achieve this social status that everyone today seems to desire. I think that's the fun part. Like I'm having fun doing the work. It's the it's the enjoying the
1: process. It's another do you feel called yeah, to do exactly. Like I feel like like you said, like in the right place at the right time. Like this is where I feel settled, and I think for me that's that's um, that's that's meaningful um, rather than you know, would I would I rather be in new york or san francisco working for a tech company where maybe the reward would be a lot more imminent but by no means meaningful uh i, right. I think that you know I, I guess what is you know i guess what would you got to define what your reward
0: is right motivation is motivation is everything right like we we have to ask ourselves those questions you know are, are we are we comfortable with not seeing the result and are we comfortable not benefiting from the work
1: yeah well but i guess I also that's Probably not quite a fair question because you know you could also say for for me it'd be like you know somebody be like well who cares he doesn't have to worry about money who cares it, you know it, it's not my situation you know I need
0: it doesn't change the basis premise of faith there are people who have money and people who don't have money who are on a mission and called and work hard it it it's that doesn't matter the the bottom line is. I have to ask myself, am I comfortable with going forward and not getting any of the reward or any of the credit, right? Because I feel like I'm doing the right thing and it's going to create the right result. And that's faith. That's faith. That's that driving thing that's behind you. It's that force that pushes you into realms you could have never gotten to, or you would have never even dreamed of. I'm looking at the Carver Academy. I'm looking at idea public schools, and the growth, and to be a part of something so incredible. I remember in the early days raising $25,000 or $50,000 here. Now we have an annual budget of a half a billion dollars. I could not have seen this coming, right? So my faith has pushed me into a realm I could not have even imagined we're thinking about where are we building new schools? Where are we growing? How are we going to hire 1,500 new people in a year? There are amazing realms now that have opened up because of the faith of of an action back in 2018 years ago, 19 years ago. That action has now produced this result. But well, so, yeah, but
1: the reward you would have conceived of would have capped you if you were chasing a reward- that you came up with in 2001, you would have
0: limited yourself. Absolutely. And that's the problem when you're not sufficiently motivated. That's the problem when your faith is in something that is insufficient, because at some point you're capped. At some point you achieve your goal and you move on, right? At some point you find that the result is just not satisfying. It's just not. You think about, I wanted to be a A Hall of Fame basketball player my whole life. Well, what happens when you become a Hall of Fame basketball player? And then you look in the mirror and you see, I'm no greater today than I was yesterday. I'm the same silly, you know, (laughs) unpolished guy (laughs) I was yesterday, right? All of a sudden, that trek seems a little bit empty, right? That accomplishment is amazing. To be in the Hall of Fame means you were one of the top to ever do that sport. That's incredible. But at the end of the day, it means nothing because it doesn't impact the man I am today. It doesn't impact me being a good husband or a good father or the impact that I'm going to have in the community. It doesn't matter, right? At the end of the day, I still have to have the driving force and the passion to keep me me propelled forward. And, and that's the thing that people need to understand about faith and why they need to have faith. Because accomplishments, possessions, everything is meaningless without that. At the end of the day, you're gonna you're gonna get to your goal. Maybe you won't get to the goal. I don't know. But you get to your goal, and you're gonna find out, you know, how much has really changed between yesterday and today. And then what am I gonna do tomorrow? Right. And so you know, I think I think that's the real. S- sweetness of faith. It's the sweet spot that it's never ending. It just, it keeps pushing you forward. It keeps drawing you to your destiny, right? Like you're here for a reason. You're called to do, called to be. And at the end of the day, your results are going to be bigger than you. They're going to be farther than you could have reached. And, And that's the power of faith.
1: I guess after all this, what give us final thoughts? Final
0: parting words? Well, just as as a final thought, I think on faith, I, I would just say that faith is the motor for your life. Right? It's it is the one thing that will keep you running, regardless of what everything looks like, because it, it, everything's not always going to be a bed of roses. But your faith will keep you going. It'll keep your legs moving. It'll keep you going towards your goal. And, and sometimes that's all we have. So make sure you, you, you have your faith strong. The fundamentals with David Robinson's is produced by geekdom
1: media in association with game day media enterprises. Executive producers are Lorenzo Gomez, the and John Garcia recorded and engineered by Michael Largent, and edited by Jason Barrera. Find out more about the fundamentals at geekdommedia.com. Follow us on social media at Geekdom media. and learn more about Idea Carver Academy at ideapublicschools.org. Thank you for listening.